Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's pain-free Friday for all stolen out minutes on a mahogany. Waxing it up. 100. 200. Bad seed, a broken eight, a bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad others. Bad taste, bad luck, bad dude, bad bread, bad attention, bad vibes. We are live in the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios in New York City. They understand it's not just a mortgage, it's your mortgage. That's the difference. Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. Get your Rocket Mortgage on, son. People dressed in plastic bags, directed traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do it. All my friends that come around, floods of floods of party up, rats on the west side, bed bugs up down, what a mess, it's time to tatter, and my brains are splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake out, ooh. Are you with us tonight from New York? 855. Oh my God. I just want to get naked. That is crazy. 212 4227. ACDC. Woo! That's our toll-free hotline brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a way you can save a bunch of money. Just go to geico.com and switch to Geico. In 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Big show tonight for you. Brett Hudson uh, from the Tuscaloosa News. Talking Bama A&M. We're going to do that coming up here in nine minutes or so. Jamie Eisenberg at the top of the second hour, 11 East, 8 West. With all your fantasies between the sheets, call up, ladies. I know that you want... Wait a minute. Is this football? All right. Football then. Fantasy football, they're telling me on the... Rundown. Look who it is at midnight East. Billy Idol, Hour of Love. The Yammer is back again. My GAM, Pac-12 Network. You can feel it, can't you? We got Nationals cards. Good game tonight. Nats up in the seventh, one nothing. Top half, one out. They got a run early, and they've held on. It's been a chilly night in the city of Budweiser. And then uh, ALCS starts tomorrow in Houston. Yankees will go with Tanaka against Grinky. Can the Yankees get a game in H-Town this weekend? Todd Gurley, doubtful to leave out for the Rams in their big game against the Niners Sunday in la-la-la-la Lipstick City. Other big games. Texans, Chiefs at Arrowhead. Eagles at U.S. Bank against Cousins and the Vikes. Seattle's at the Browns. Will the Niners continue their unexpected start? The Sunday Niners, Chargers, Steelers. Big weekend in college football. You got the Red River, Oklahoma and Texas. We talked about it last night. Florida, LSU in the Bayou, Death Valley. There's so much more. Wisconsin, Michigan State. 
Penn State, Iowa. It is Sid Vicious weekend in college football when the leaves start dropping and you can smell people burning them. Earl Thomas got a fine for that hit on Mason Rudolph. He's definitely out of that Steeler game. Also, college football going on tonight. Miami holding on 7-3 over Virginia, but Virginia to midfield on the move. Rado State, the Rams are leading at Albuquerque against New Mexico, 21-14 at the half. Colorado and Oregon are underway at Outson. And look who's on the board. Quack, quack. The Ducks lead at 7-0 early out in Oregon. That's where Mafia is tonight, partying in Portland, watching the game probably. What is Galley? North of Cali, 855-212-4227 gets you benched. Brett Hudson up first from the Tuscaloosa News talking Tide football on the streets in College Station against the Aggies. And Kyle Phil will get into it first on a bench. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. How stupid was that? Did you see the kid Carter for Miami with the headshot in the end zone on the kid? Not a smart he tried to kill him. I mean, that kid doesn't know where he is now. He's completely concussed, and they're going to throw him out of the game. They got to, right? Look at that. I mean, he tried to kill him. How do you not see that and throw him out of the game? That is as helmet-to-helmet as it gets. If they don't throw him out of the game, it, it, that this tops last night's uh, pass interference non-call and then the ridiculous, pathetic NFL uh, league office with their joke of a review system on uh, instant replay on uh, pass interference is, uh, I mean, what, that was the most pathetic thing I've seen this year in football. And then this thing tonight, now the fans here are very upset, but they're stupid too. And I'm a Canes fan. So how stupid are you as a fan to boo this call or boo that they threw this guy out of the game because he tried to kill him? I mean, he speared him in the head. He took it. The guy's catching a touchdown pass, and he ran at him for five yards straight like he was George Atkinson. Did you see that, Carver? Eye? And they're, they're not even throwing him out of the game. Look. Oh, wait. Is he going or not? What is the deal? <laughs> they're leaving him in the game. He's the captain. They let him stay in the game. I've seen it all. All right, Brett Hudson covers the tide for the Tuscaloosa News. They're getting ready for a huge game. In Kyle Field against A&M on the road in College Station. And he joins us now on CBS Sports Radio. How's it going, Brett? I'm good, guys. How are y'all? We're fantastic. Hey, so take me back to the uh, Ole Miss game when that defense allowed almost 500 yards and they gave up 30-plus points. And then like they all said, like, they won the game, they put up 59, but they all treated it like it was the most miserable performance that they'd had at Alabama defensively in a long time. Yeah, well, I mean, Nick Saban is a, is a defensive guy. That's his, that's his background, and that's obviously going to be where his biggest focus is. And I think the, the thing that they were most focused about and, and that performance is tempo, or at least how long the defense was on the field. Ole Miss ran 86 plays in that game. And then if you look at the South Carolina game two weeks prior, South Carolina ran 88. So they're very concerned about how long their defense is on the field these days. I don't think that's going to be an issue against Jimbo Fisher's offense this, this weekend because he runs a very slow, methodical, old-school, quote-unquote, pro-style offense so I don't anticipate play counts being an issue for the Alabama defense this week but it has been in the past and it's 
openly consider making some changes to what's been a very high-octane explosive offense to this point just to help a defense that's been on the field for way too long, in Nick Saban's opinion. So are, are they starting four freshmen up front, and are they uh, are they worried at all that their defense will be the thing that uh, brings them down? They are starting four in, in the front. They've got two freshmen. Uh, DJ Dale at nose guard, and then the other defensive end position, it could be either one of two freshmen. It could be Justin Boygby or Byron Young. Uh, currently, it's, it's Byron Young, or at least that's what it was in practice all week. Uh, and then the two inside linebackers are also true freshmen, Shane Lee and Christian Harris. Uh, so that's that's an issue for them, and it's something that opposing defense uh, offenses, excuse me, are pretty clearly going to attack for the for the duration of the season, what happens now is how those guys develop mentally, how much of the scheme they can take on, because everybody at Alabama is pretty uh, clear about the fact that this is a simplified version of the offense because there are so many freshmen out there. So it's a matter of how well they execute that and how much more they can add to the scheme to present different things to the LSUs, the Auburns, and potentially the Georgias and Clemsons of the world. Our uh, Brett Hudson covers the Tide for the Tuscaloosa News with us. Are, are, uh, are the veterans on that uh, defense, uh, are they bringing the kids along? Do you feel like that they're getting better and that uh, when these games start ramping up at a higher level, like this is a, this is a big road game for them. Anyway, you slice it. I know they're way better than A&M, but – that's a dangerous place to uh, go with a bunch of freshmen playing that are, you know, frankly not stopping anybody. I know they outscore everybody and score 60, but at some point or another, if you can't stop anybody, it becomes an issue. Are those veterans uh, getting through to these kids? They're trying, but it's, it's, it's tough because there aren't really – there isn't really a ton of veteran presence at the positions where you're, you're freshman heavy. I mean, the, the two freshmen on the inside – they're backed up by a sophomore, Ale Caho, who transferred in from Washington, so he's not necessarily experienced in the Alabama way. Uh, there's really one proven veteran presence on the defensive line. That's Raekwon Davis. And a lot of the veteran experience on this defense is on the back end. And safety Xavier McKinney and uh, defensive back Shaheen Carter, Patrick Sertan II, Trayvon Diggs. And they've certainly taken leadership roles within the entirety of, of the defense. But when they get to the granular position by position things these these freshmen they, they got no choice but to, i mean they're, they're they are obviously on their own they've got excellent coaching staffs and uh veteran leadership around them but they kind of got to figure it out on their own and, and nick saban mentioned that he kind of changed up practice a little bit or at least he did in the bye week they did a lot of walkthrough 11 on 11 walkthrough just so those freshmen could see a bunch of different concepts and see a bunch of different things without wearing them out by forcing them to go full contact or really run to defend something on, on every single play. So that's kind of Alabama's most recent idea in terms of getting these freshmen along in the scheme. But I think you kind of mentioned it earlier in the back of the fan base's mind, there is the question if, uh, if this defense is going to be this team's downfall relative to the national championship aspirations. Brett Hudson covers the uh, Bama football team for the Tuscaloosa News with us on the bench. Uh, this game is obviously uh, an issue uh, at hand, but then I think they get a nice break with that Tennessee-Arkansas back-to-back going into the LSU game on the 9th of uh, November, and that's going to be right. huge. And they're obviously 
uh, in Tuscaloosa for that game, and that's just going to be a hell of a football game anyway you slice it. But the next couple weeks, it uh, seems like they got a nice little uh, window to get ready for that game, no doubt about it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Tennessee and Arkansas, it is. I mean, those programs are what they are right now. They're pretty significant uh, downslides, uh, and especially with the, the season being set on the calendar the way it is where you have two open weeks. In, in the regular season, Alabama kind of approached this most recent open week that they had last week to kind of take little bits and pieces to prepare for Texas A&M, Arkansas, and Tennessee before they have that next open week going into that closing stretch with LSU, Auburn, Mississippi State, and Western Carolina pretty obviously being the odd man out in that particular schedule configuration. But when when you look at the schedule, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head. If they can get through this task they have arguably two of the worst five programs in the SEC coming to Tuscaloosa before their bye week going into the the LSU game so if they if they get up to a solid halftime lead in this game they'll go uh what 10 quarters without being challenged I, I that's my opinion anyway yeah you're right uh and two has been ripping it up 76 percent 23 TDs I mean, uh, has he done anything uh, at all different? Is he better now? Is he the same guy that you've been covering uh, from last year to this year? Do you think he's actually making uh, strides at getting even better? Yeah, I think it's something that, uh, like, the scouts, or maybe scouts would notice it, but the average fan might not notice this. But he's, he's trying to be less. He's trying to be more risk averse, I guess. Like he's still going to take shots down the field when, when his wide receivers have uh, advantageous one-on-ones, and when your wide receivers are as talented as these guys are, almost every one-on-one is going to be advantageous. But the the phrase we've heard him use several times is, "You can't go broke taking a profit." He's not going to force things downfield, which he definitely would have at times last year. He's not going to stand in the pocket for that extra second and take a sack, just hoping to get a chance to, to un, unleash a ball 30 yards down the field. He will take short routes. He will take stuff in the in the quick game, in the intermediate game. And, frankly, that's better for the offense overall. It's better for Tua because it gets the ball out of his hand quickly. But it's better for the offense overall because this wide receiver group is so good that they can turn eight-yard slant into 75-yard touchdowns. We've seen that happen several times this season. I imagine that's going to continue, especially against an A&M defense where the secondary is probably the weakness of the unit. What do you think of this kid, Smith, the receiver? He's lighting it up. He's got more TDs than uh, Judy, who everybody's got in the top 10 in the NFL draft. Yeah, I think that's kind of part of the the wide receiver group at at Alabama this year where uh, people are going to look at mock drafts, and Jerry Judy is is rightfully so uh, rated among the top 10 guys in the 2020 draft if he chooses to go out, which we assume he will. But that's, that's kind of the nature of, of this Alabama wide receiving corner, what makes it so hard to defend. If you took one of the four, and, and the four, by the way, are Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs III, and Jalen Waddell, if you took one of the four out, like if one of them were to get injured or be suspended or, or whatever, it would still be a deadly receiving core because the other three – are just as good as the ones that they're missing. It's, it's, it's frankly, it's impossible with, with Alabama's receiving core right now. I'm kind of waiting for someone to dedicate themselves to stopping the pass and force Alabama to run 
on, on light boxes. And I realize that's kind of a, a backwards, bizarro world statement, given what the, the Nick Saban Alabama programs were built on for, for many, many years in the past. But the, these, these wide receivers are, are just too good. There are so few countries, uh, so few programs in the country that can go one-on-one with these wide receivers. And uh, I think it's very safe to say that Alabama is not going to see one until they face LSU if LSU has the ability to go one-on-one with them. I think that's very much in question. If LSU can't and Auburn can't, they might have to wait until potentially seeing a Clemson again. It's just the nature of the wide receiving core this year. I love that. Uh, a couple guys on that defense either way. McKinney's been incredible all over the field making uh, plays, and then I think he's had a, a couple picks or something. And then that kid, uh, Anthony Jennings, with all of his sacks, he's been a monster. Those two have stood out to me. Yeah, Anthony's a, a feel-good story. He and he, Really, both of the, the outside linebackers, he and Terrell Lewis have both had uh, their, their issues with injuries in the past, uh, Terrell more than, than Anthony. But you're seeing healthy versions of both of them right now, and both of them are – terrorizing pockets Anthony specifically he's he's been really unleashed this year because he's been an every down guy at the jack position for, for Alabama to the point that Bama's kind of given him some three two six nine uh responsibilities because he's just been so good he's someone that it's hard to justify taking him off the field and his, his numbers suggest that and if if the season ended today I don't think there's any doubt that Xavier McKinney's an all-american safety that's the that's the level he's playing at right now. And something he doesn't get enough credit for is he's able to move around. You know, there are, there are holes, not holes, but there are spots in this secondary where they aren't as experienced as Nick Saban would like them to be, where you're seeing Jared Maiden and Jordan Battle and, uh, to a lesser extent, Shaheen Carter put in positions that are only advantageous to them. So Xavier McKinney kind of moves around the secondary to make sure that those guys are comfortable where they are on the field, and he he has to put a lot on his plate in that regard. He deserves a lot of credit for not only for being able to handle all the different responsibilities within the secondary, but also being able to execute all of them at what, too, in my opinion, has been All-American level thus far. Great stuff, Brett. Brett Hudson with the Tuscaloosa News. Enjoy the game at uh, Kyle Field. Should be a good one, 330 East uh, tomorrow. Thanks for coming on CBS Sports Radio tonight. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, Brett Hudson with the Tuscaloosa News. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. So everybody's talking about it. Everybody's doing it. They just won't admit it. Pharrellonthebench.com rules. It's the best site for picks. All the college and pro picks are up for this weekend's games. UFC. uh, Action is going on Saturday night. Baseball. You got the ALCS tomorrow night. More of the NLCS over the weekend on Sunday. Hockey, blowout Saturday night. Tons of games. Hoops is coming. The regular season's about 11 days away or so. Try it. You'll like it. Pharrellonthebench.com. Sign up today. Hide the money from your wife. Did you see this uh, disturbing story? I don't know uh, if you saw it about the uh, college. Pierce College is investigating a situation where the uh, football coach uh, reportedly forced 30 players to live in a three-bedroom apartment. What? What? <laughs> what is going on? I mean, honestly, what is happening there? Oh, look at this. Look at this guy going hizzy. Is he going to make it? Oh, hand it off to your boy. 
Look at him running over number 24. He ran with that. He ran uh, on that guy like a horse. He carried him for 15 yards. Anyway, listen to this. The report also says that four more students lived in the team's locker room. <laughs> the situation arose allegedly because the coach promised uh, to recruits before the fall semester. Uh, the promises included housing for his new players, and he never secured the housing. A former player described the situation, saying the coach originally told four or five players they would share a three-bedroom apartment and split all of the bills. How do they pay for the bills? The college football players at Pierce College. I didn't even know they had a program. Uh, he, he promised actual living space, and it ended up being like a jail with how many people were living in that apartment. The lines that he crossed, uh, 30 guys in the three-bedroom, and almost half of his recruits wouldn't pay rent, and bills wouldn't be paid. They were ultimately evicted and forced to find somewhere else to live. So, apparently, uh, one of them said to the coach, I feel it's best if we go in a different direction. I'm out of here. Then they put the coach on temporary leave while the investigation is conducted. They hope to name a new head coach soon. (laughs) What is going on there? I mean... That's a bizarre one right there. That is just not acceptable, right? 30 dudes in a... Three-bedroom apartment? And they, he told them to split the bills. Split it up. I mean, it couldn't be that much if there was 30 of them splitting the bills, right? <laughs> what is that, 10 to a room? There's three-bedroom. Well, ten- I mean, you figure probably use the living room. You know. Floor. Yeah, I mean, there's hallway. probably. You could make, get creative. Kitchen. What, ba- the team, what was the bathroom, team's? Someone living in the bathtub. What was the team's record this year? I, it didn't say anything about the team's What's record. Their name? What's their name? What's the school's name? Pierce College. I think it's in California. It's just not a good scene. That does not sound healthy either. If one guy gets a cold, the whole apartment gets it. The in-state tuition is $1,200. <laughs> 1200 per semester? No, for the year. Oh, for the whole year? That's like 600 a semester. <laughs> Every kid that goes to school around here costs you three hundred grand. These kids are really getting a great education out there. I mean, to be fair, I mean, you know, they started zero and four. Have they won a couple? They, they rattled they just, off they a just couple. Won last week, so all this stuff comes out after a big win. You think that you think the narc would have, you know, done it early on in like week three? They lost uh, sixty-two to twenty-six in week two. That must have been a rough week at the house. <laughs> at the apartment. When they turn the power off. In all seriousness, though, I mean, that is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, what are they doing? Can you imagine, like, how does the coach explain himself? How do you respond to these allegations, (laughs) coach? Listen, there was no housing. I had to do what I had to do. In fact, I let a couple of them live in my... uh, (laughs) My uh, VW Bug. I have a, a camper out in the back and they live out there in an RV and then there's a couple that live by uh, an old rusted out one down by the river (laughs) on government trees can you imagine like I got an old garage in the back they use the hose for drinking water 
Now, I read a story the other day about all these people where I live. Uh, not, you know, where I live, but like in the general area, there's some people that live uh, out in this, you know, fancy high-end suburbs, right, where literally some of these clowns have turned their um, turned their garages into bars. Have you heard about that? Now, that's a good idea. So people are, like, converting. Instead of man caves now, they're converting garages into li- literally bars, like their own bar. So they don't sell booze uh, because you need a liquor license to do that, right? And, uh... Like a bar or a store, so these bars are just free beer and booze and wine. So they have it just to have parties. So their buddies come over and they have like a you know they watch football and they come into the garage and they got a bar in there, and then they just get hammered. They get like kegs in there, the whole deal. They got every you know fifty bottles of beer, the whole deal, and there and and there's like people competing. They're like having these. You know, competitions to see who has the best bar in their, you know, garage. I saw the story in the paper about all these guys with their fancy uh, garage bars. And I'm like, what is happening here in the neighborhood that we don't know about? What are the women up to? You got these guys making, you know, bars. Maybe the women. You think there's some brothel activity going on maybe in some of the houses? Anything can happen. (laughs) I know I've heard there's... uh, what do they call them, swinger parties? And then how about the car key parties? Have you seen those where they all throw their keys in a bowl and you just end up with whoever you grab their, their keys and that's who you go home with? I hadn't seen that, that one. That one's another one going on out there with these rich people. It's a key party. Yeah, have you, you heard about that? Yeah, they're called key parties, yeah. So I'm not just I'm not doing anything like that. Well, that has Pharrell, like, 20 years ago written all over I've I've done all kinds of crazy things and kooky things and kinky as well but uh I have I have done that actually I have done some very kinky things over the years come to think of it some of which I'm uh very proud of I have to say Oh, and then he fumbles. Did you see this guy get sacked and fumble? He looked like he was getting away from it, too. He dodged, like, three guys, and then, right. boom, he didn't see the, the fourth guy coming. How do you not get the ball, though, if you're I the just, you? How do you not get the ball? I think the guy's terrible, this Virginia quarterback. Well, we he's watched all, he's him all play Notre Dame two weeks ago when we were out in L.A. It's all over and the he place. And he made some plays, but then he also made so many mistakes. Right, he's just all over the place is, is literally the problem. But this game is uh, 10-6. Canes up, eight minutes to go, fourth. They did throw the guy out, Carter, out of the game. For yeah, targeting. I think that in college it's an automatic ejection. I, I, I th- I'm pretty sure when you get a target. Well, did you see what he did after he did it? Did you see what he did? He stayed on the field. He wouldn't leave. He wouldn't leave the field. And then they told him to get off the field, and he wouldn't leave. And, he, and then he, like, what did he, stand in the end zone or something and, like, have some kind of protest or something? So they got another flag, legal they substitution. Got a, yeah, they got another flag, and then they walked him out uh, of the tunnel. Uh, nothing worse than the brother who th- thinks he's not going to listen to the refs that kick him out of the game for targeting and spearing. And then he's, like, going to have a moment of reflection and, and a protest. He's going to have a NFL kneel protest. He's not going to leave the field. He, he had his own little uh, action going there, like his, his like anti-ref moment. Did you see him like standing in the end zone? Like I didn't do it. What are you talking about? I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. Screw you. They're like, actually, no. Screw you. 
you're going uh, to the locker room. You're done for the night. And then how about the fans? How pathetic are you? And I'm a Canes fan. That's my team. But honestly, I'm embarrassed for you people. You're sitting there cheering on a guy that literally tried to decapitate a kid. On That was the dirtiest spearing I've seen in a month. Like, literally, because you see it every week, right? Some guy uh, diving with his head first, trying to take somebody's head off. But that was clear and blatant, felonious spearing. He tried he, targeting. He tried to kill him. He tried to kill him. And then the fans are booing the call. Like, it, you know, it was pathetic. Like, if let's face it. If you're busted trying to kill somebody on the football field with a targeting, spearing headshot and you dive five yards in the air to take his head off and lead with your helmet... How do you cheer that on as a fan, even if it's your team? How do you how do you sit there? Don't you just like not cheer and just shut up and just stand there and go, Can you believe you just did that? I you know, you don't I think that's a good time to go get a beer. When they're reviewing the targeting, you run to get a beer because you don't want to be the guy that's spotted on national television cheering on the guy that tried to kill some other kid. I, I can't believe he was standing there thinking that He didn't do it. He didn't do anything wrong. Like he, he jacked the guy up. It was just I mean, so was just... his whole scene was stupid. Like, the, the spearing was stupid. His protest was stupid. Then he denied it was the, you know, culpability. That was stupid. So the bottom line is Carter's just a stupid guy. So let's be clear. It was Carter that did it, the captain of the team, Carter. Did I mention Carter, that he did it? Carter did it. Well, that he was stupid? Did I mention that? The stupid-ass Carter? All right, we got it under control. Are you saying Carter or Carver? Carter, not Carver. Carver's not stupid. Carter is. Just making sure. What now? Uh, oh, all right. Here we go. Uh, coming up here is uh, Jamie Eisenberg. Top of the hour. Start calling now. 855-212-4227 with all your fantasy questions. Who to start, who to sit, who to deal. You're crappy at running your fantasy team. Haven't you noticed yet that you suck at it? Jamie doesn't suck. You do. Jamie is way better than you. Call him. Solve your problems. It's real simple. We do as many calls as we get, so hit the phones now. 855-212-4227. This is Pharrell and Bench on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.